0: I think probably psychedelics and a true immersive virtual reality, those I think are the only two ways to truly change somebody's brain if they have only been living in this certain game and this certain game that they can never win because they're trying to punch the blocks and nothing is happening.
1: Hello and welcome to Mind Meld. I'm Josh Gonzalves and this is a podcast where I have in-depth conversations with some of the brightest people in the known universe. My aim is to spark deep conversations around interesting topics to find the tools, tactics, strategies and philosophies that we can all use in our daily and creative lives. In this episode I sat down with Mark Metri. Mark is the author of Screw Being Shy. Learn how to manage social anxiety and be yourself in front of anyone. And he's the host of the global top 100 podcast, Humans 2.0. Mark is also a TEDx keynote speaker delivering mind-blowing talks centered around human potential, mindset, social anxiety, mental health, and transformation. In this episode, our wide-ranging conversation centers around social anxiety, mental health, and reprogramming your mind for success. We also get into things like podcasting and how to use it for personal development. We talk about how virtual reality and psychedelics will have a huge impact on mental health. And we touch on having mystical experiences during meditation. If you found this podcast helpful or interesting, please share it with your friends or anyone you think needs to hear this. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or whichever one you're listening to on right now. So that way you can get notified when I publish new episodes every Monday. And if you want to get direct links to any of the resources, people or tools that we mention in this podcast, you can find everything in the show notes for this episode. You can find the link to the show notes in the description of this podcast or you can find it directly at mindmeld.fm. That's m i n d m e l d.fm. I hope you enjoy this episode, so let's get right into it. I'm Josh Gonzalez, and this is Mind Meld with Mark Metri. Mark Metri, thanks for joining me on Mind Meld, man. I'm so excited to have you here, man. I'm so excited to finally do this and have a podcast with you. I've been listening to humans 2.0 forever. So it's so cool to actually have a dialogue with you instead of just like listening to you talk to all these amazing people.
0: Dude, I'm happy to be here and I'm always trying to meld my mind if I know the proper definition for that. So. Thanks
1: for having me. Yeah, man, don't worry. We'll be uh, mind melding. Don't worry. And the cool thing is we'll be mind melding with whoever is tuning in, whoever's listening to this or watching the videos. That's the whole point of podcasting, right? And like, you know, the whole gig, you've done what, like 600 episodes of your own podcast and then like how many, like over 200 other podcasts, like tell me a little bit about your podcasting journey and maybe after that we can get into your journey for anyone who like doesn't really know you, who is listening to this podcast and you're a new face to them. I'd love for you to kind of go through your story and then your whole podcasting journey.
0: You know, really, th- dude, this is the best way i found to describe myself. Um, I, I spent every single, mostly every single day of my life uh, just trying to hide from the world, wanting to be an invisible number, some person who just like blended into the crowd. And that was my life for every single day. And it wasn't until um, I was about 18 years old where it really started to change my life around. And, you know, personally for me, my parents immigrated to America from Egypt a couple of years before I was born. They came to America with like $200 in their pocket. And, uh, you know, we just kind of grew up with like this immigrant lifestyle, moving to different apartment buildings. My parents were always working. And there was this period in between like uh, these young kids, second to third grade where, we moved out of the like inner city, Boston's inner city to like this small town in kind of rural America and there was about like 5 6 7000 people in this town, so very small town and the really interesting part about this place where i moved to is it had no racial diversity and so i'm basically the only person who's not who's who's not white at the school and it's really the first time in my life where i started to experience racism for the first time and and then bullying and all these different things and you know really what happened was you know basically i had a series of like you know different traumatic moments as a kid that really enabled for my brain to just like step into this mode unknowingly at the time where it was just like hey we have to defend ourselves, and we're just not gonna talk again. And ever since then, my brain has been in like, what I would call like this mental prison. And basically, anytime I would try to talk to someone, all of a sudden, my heartbeat would start to race, my throat would clench, would tighten up, my thoughts would start to race, and then I just wouldn't say anything, or like randomly say something, or just walk away. And, And that's social anxiety. And so I remember growing up, not having any friends, just being alone, um, always being that kid like in the back of the classroom, never wasn't good at school, never did any sports, nothing like that. Um, and so for me, the way that I dealt, I coped with that was by being on the Internet. And I remember like 11, 12 years old, starting a YouTube channel, I learned how to make websites. The iPhone came out, I learned how to make iPhone apps. I did uh, all kinds of stuff. And one of my online ventures kind of became successful and I started making like six figures, hundreds of thousands of dollars when I was like sixteen years old, which totally changed my life, changed my family's life. Um and so it was good in that sense, but it was also really interesting because, you know, it was almost as if when I made the money, my anxiety and kind of like my general hope for life or my lack of hope got worse. And I was successful on paper, but on the inside, I was still like that same old loser who had no friends and was depressed. And it wasn't until I was 18 and I went off to college where I actually realized that I had social anxiety. And you know, I did what a lot of people with social anxiety do. I tried to try harder. I tried to work harder. I tried to be more confident. And all these other like top 10 networking tips that people give for introverts um or, or whatever it is and i basically just saw myself fail and i would try to make friends and i just couldn't do it and eventually it was just so much pain that i just wanted to like escape from my life and so i remember just like using food using alcohol drugs netflix too many video games pornography whatever it was to just try to escape from life and next thing i knew i became over i became obese. And uh, my, my lifelong social anxiety transformed into social isolation, and I became depressed for the first time in my life. I couldn't go to sleep at night. Um, and then eventually that led me to being suicidal, where I was basically like trying to kill myself. And it was really going through that experience as to where I basically just realized that I really have to change my life inside out just who I am, my brain, my mind, how I think about myself, me spiritually. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I mean, it was really just experiencing that to where I kind of feel like God gave me some sort of like a second chance. And ever since then, that moment, I've just been on like this crazy journey of unlocking my own mind, my brain later, a couple years later, starting a podcast to try to meet people so I can learn more myself, trying to find solutions to my problems. And then I I mean I don't know, dude. I've done a hundred different things. My life story has been featured in a documentary. I I can keep I can list things, but yeah, man. I've been on this journey for the last five six years, and it's been really beautiful. I really enjoy it. It's uh, it's crazy, um, but I'm super grateful.
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly it was like a tough time, and like you have to kind of make your way through like and it's just it's insane circumstances, really. But no one comes out of that not being great, right? Like just obviously. You know, you have all of the accolades, you know, to kind of show for it and not even the accolades, just the things that you've done just by means of going through it, not even going through the motions, but going through this journey. So I think this will be really good for people listening, um, where you can share your journey because some of the biggest things is a lot of people just get stuck in it. They get stuck in that victim mentality, but man, you like trudged through it. And then you went out the other end, like a fucking polished diamond. Like, you know, you went through that pressure and came out like a polished diamond. Um. So maybe, maybe we can kind of get into that first Because I really want to know how did you first even notice your own social anxiety? And then what was that mindset that like woke you up to that? Cause obviously you must have had some kind of like awakening moment and you're talking about spirituality. Um, did you have like, an, like a spiritual awakening and then how did you start going on that journey of like, you know, starting to find stuff? Cause a lot of people just get stuck. They get stuck down there at the bottom, but man, you pulled yourself out. I want to know how you. How you woke up to that yes
0: yeah, so i remember um you know my parents had taught me never do alcohol or drugs right and so i never really like i never really did that stuff and so i remember going to like my first college party that my friend just kind of like took me to and i remember getting basically drunk for the first time in my life and getting drunk all of a sudden like i could talk to anybody right? And I just sort of had like this super weird, like existential moment where I was like, wait, wait, wait. So I just like, obviously I knew how drugs worked, of course, but I was like, man, so I just poured like this liquid into my body and all of a sudden it changed my, my chemistry to make me act in a different way. And I was like, wait, what? And I remember it was only until like, I saw that direct contrast in front of my eyes of what it was like to like be social and talk to somebody without feeling like your brain is about to melt down or, sh- or run away for the first time in my life. And I, and I saw like this very physical, you know, contrast in front of me. And I remember the next day, just being like, what the hell happened? <laughs> and, I, and I remember I just started Googling things. And basically, like, I don't know how, but I came across like, oh, and then, like this thing called social anxiety. And I started to read about it. And I was like, Oh, my God. And all of a sudden, all these different connections in my brain started to wire. And so that for me, like just discovering that social anxiety was a real thing, really, really helped change my perspective eventually. I didn't it didn't click right away. But basically, you know, for me, whenever I, you know, was a kid and I would kind of go through my, you know, my mental experiences daily. And I would, you know, fail socially, and I'd get depressed, and all these different things. Every single time that happened, I would be like, "Oh wow, I suck!" Like there must be something wrong with me. I'm never gonna be able to talk to people. And I always, like, I would say I took myself as like a moral failure. Like I took it personally. And when I realized that social anxiety was a real thing, that was my way of being like, "Oh shit!" Like this isn't. This doesn't have to do with Mark Metry. This is just like if you have a computer and like a virus gets into your computer, right? And so like that's what I realized. And I was like, oh my God. And and like even the fact that I knew that and then I tried to work out of it and then me seeing myself fail and sort of have no more faith, it definitely was troubling getting out of then. Um, but really in terms of like, like, what was the first thing that I did? I think the biggest thing was, I think the biggest thing that really helped me was the fact that I became obese. And I remember, you know, gaining like 70, 75 pounds in like a couple months. And, and, and really like, I was never aware of kind of like the spiritual world, the mental world, the emotional world at that point. And it's interesting because when I was in rock bottom, I actually had no idea I was in rock bottom. And there's like, there's that quote that says, when you are in the picture, you can't see the frame. And that's what I learned. Our consciousness is almost always like delayed. Right. And like, you know, I, um, I'm not going to mention who, but a famous fellow out of uh, your area of Canada, he talks about the story of like Pinocchio and he talks about how, uh, you know, like if anyone's familiar with Pinocchio, like the wooden boy, and there's like this little cricket Jiminy cricket and that's to represent like your consciousness. And, and a lot of the times, like in the movie, the cricket always arrives late and it's meant to show as like a theme of like, when you go through life, you go through it first, And then your consciousness then kicks in and it's like, oh, crap, like that's, that's what happened here. Cause and effect. Oh, that's how we connect the dots. And so, you know, for me, the reason why I said one of the best things was to happen to me was that I became overweight was because I was never aware of any of these other sort of, um, what what do I call them? Dimensions or realms of reality. I was only aware of the physical one. When you open your eyes, it's what you see. And I remember I had this moment. To Where I was obese and you know for me, the way I was suicidal was I basically walked in the worst areas of my city in the dead of the night where I knew there was muggings and sh- and so I would literally just walk there every single day for like a period of like two or three weeks and I remember there was one of those nights where I came back and this was like it's like 2 3 am and I remember looking at myself in the mirror and like i have no idea what happened but i remember just like it was almost like i saw myself for the first time and i just sort of saw myself physically and i looked at, my, looked at myself in the mirror and like all of a sudden for the first time i like looked down and i felt that like my jeans like my pants that i was wearing were all of a sudden like super tight on my waistline and i was like huh why why are my pants tight and it was literally the first moment where i consciously realized Like, what was happening to me, and and that I had gained weight, and it never occurred to me. And so it was only then to where I was just sort of, yo, let me try to lose weight. Let me try to get healthy. And I remember spending like this summer reading books, trying to learn about how to lose weight. And I came across like every single, you know, like the billion dollar health wellness industries, all these trends like, hey, do this detox, eat six times a day, eat once a day. Uh, you know, go vegan or go keto or go carnivore or, or whatever it is. And I was basically just so confused. But eventually I came across this diet called uh, like the bulletproof diet. And like it's, it's known as like bulletproof coffee and putting butter in your coffee and all this stuff. And I did that. And that completely changed my life because it turned on my brain for the first time in my life. Eating like uh changing my diet removing all the junk food removing all the chemicals and then starting to eat like healthy fats and then vegetables literally completely changed my life it made my brain turn on for the first time in my life and it gave me energy for the first time in my life and all of a sudden i had the energy to be myself because what a lot of people don't realize is if you like if you're listening to this and sort of like my upbringing may be similar to you, or you have social anxiety or something like that. It literally is so draining. It, it takes up so much cognitive energy that a lot of the times people just don't have the energy to be themselves. And especially if you combine that with not really taking care of their health, whether it's because they choose not to or they're not aware of of health and physical health and how it correlates with mental health. And so, I went through this experience where all of a sudden I had the energy. To be myself and then all of a sudden once i had the energy with myself i started to go for walks and i started to go for walks next thing i knew i started to sleep well for the first time in my entire life i had literally every single night of my entire life i had sleeping problems started eating healthy (laughs) slept like a baby and all of a sudden i started sleeping well next thing you know i'm like huh i got this energy what can i do now then you start reading books then you start to unlock your brain and so it was a very just like one two three step for me like hey what can I literally do to lose weight okay what can I do to become healthier okay what foods do I need to eat to be healthier what foods do I need to remove out of my diet to be healthier okay what can I do with this energy it was literally a very logical next step next step next step looking back at it and honestly it was just like a kid who was just trying to get help in in you know in a in a world where. I just kind of felt like I was never really you know, given the answers and none of us are given the answers. You have to find that on your own. And so it was very like that next step, next step. And there's different, I, I did like literally hundreds of thousands of things I can get into, but that was that was like the beginning.
1: Wow. Okay. I think you bring up a good point though. It like everyone has their own entry point into this world. So like, I think like y- you can probably agree with this. It's sort of like that self-development, self-help, personal development world, whatever this is. Where you you kind of mention it, you you realize that your mind is this basically a fucking computer. It's basically a goddamn computer that is affected by so many different things, but obviously chemistry being one, um, the food that you bring in. But once you take control of your programming, that's what I'm trying to get at here. It's like you somehow just like figured out that you're able to like take this computer and start programming it yourself. You know, and there's something there on the mindset. Most people would have stopped at maybe eating healthy to kind of get. Get good. I'm going to, you know, lose weight. But then there's like the second step, man, like you, you kind of like burst through again and I think maybe do you think that's something that you just had already? Cause like you have had this entrepreneurial mindset since you yeah. were like a kid, right?
0: Yeah, dude, Do you think is that, I, is that it? Maybe it's, it's interesting. I, mean, I feel like I'm thinking a thought that I've never thought before. So I don't know if this is right. But so I think for me, like how to program, I think for me, I understood that because I, was, I, I faced racism and bullying from maybe until like from nine until 15, 16. And by the time I was in high school, nobody really bullied me, right? But, but at that time, I had social anxiety. And so I think for me, and then, and then all of a sudden when I'm 18, I go off to college and I'm in a different environment. I'm in a new environment for the first time. And so I think for me, I sort of learned that not necessarily the fact that I could program my brain, but the fact that my brain is programmable and someone else or something else programmed it. And, and the reason why I say that is because I remember when I would go on like my long walks when I was suicidal and I would just like go for like these dark walks and just be alone with my thoughts. Oh God, <laughs> it's crazy that I think back on now. Um, and I remember like doing that for hours every single night. And I think like one of the realizations that I had on one of the night was I think I had some kind of awareness of my thoughts for the first time. I think it was this awareness of me walking at night and there were no other like there was no other sound, there was no other noise, there was no other car, no other person walking the street. And I, th- I feel like I hit some level of physical silence. To where all of a sudden I could take a sort of like a magnifying glass inward into my brain and and almost see like some glimmer of my thoughts and I remember kind of seeing like my thoughts of like you suck you're never gonna amount to anything you're terrible and then me having a moment of introspection being like wait who who said that (laughs) like like wait what and then me realizing and then me realizing like oh my god these things came from when I faced racism and bullying as a kid. But that happened to me many, many years ago. How is something that happened to me many years ago, all of a sudden now impacting me? That means that that programmed my brain. And so when I realized that, it made me almost realize that I could do the opposite. And dude, I just wanna say thank you. I've never said that on a podcast before. I, I honestly wow. never knew that.
1: <laughs> That's why we mind so meld, man. This is, this is mind meld. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool, man. I'm so glad that you're able to, uh, or I was able to help you unlock a, a new, a new part in your brain there, man. That's fucking awesome. That's really, really cool. Hopefully we can keep going down that rabbit hole in, in new areas. Cause I'm sure new, new things will come. And that's why I think it's so awesome about podcasting and just conversation in general, right? Because you know, we're a series of these programs, like you're a series of programs and software running around in your head and, and I am as well. And then when we connect and we come together new thoughts, new ideas start forming. And that's kind of the reason why I did the podcast. But I mentioned to you before, your podcast Humans 2.0 was actually one of the real reasons why I decided to do this podcast. Because man, like the fact that you're out there, you're doing like hundreds of episodes with some of the most impressive fucking people ever. Like like we we have mutual respect for Vishen Lakhiani, the founder of um, Mind Valley. You've had him on. I've listened to both those episodes. I've listened to hundreds of your episodes, man. And I was just like man, this is like a kid, he's younger than me. He has this, all this confidence to speak with these people. How is he getting with these people? And the fact that you're telling me now that you're going through all of this doubt, all of this, like just bullshit in your mind, and you were able to overcome that, I was like, wow, like if this guy can do it, like this is going to give me the strength and courage to go ahead and do it myself. So I just want to thank you right now as well, man, for helping me kind of get into this podcasting world, because it's, it's been amazing. Dude, I
0: appreciate that, man, and uh yeah, I mean, at this point it's it's like so crazy to me, and like I literally get messages like on a regular basis, like for example someone someone will randomly tell me like yo I, I found out about you three years ago, I never reached out to you, I never messaged you, but I just wanted to say like I went through the same thing that you went through i was I was suicidal, I literally had no idea what to do, and like seeing your posts on LinkedIn or your podcast or whatever. It like showed me that there are other people going through this. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Yo, today I have a job. I have a girlfriend, like all this stuff. And I'm just like and honestly, it happens to me all the time now that I'm just at this point where I'm like, OK, let me just, you know, keep doing this. <laughs> let me keep doing what I love. And let me just like I honestly don't even remember. And, 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 and I think the biggest thing that I've learned is like if you can show up as yourself, and create strategies on how you can be your authentic self because i don't think it's as as easy as people as it seems then it like you don't have to be strategic then like whatever podcast whatever phone call whatever thing that you get invited towards and you're just your true self then people see through that that are you know need to see that in the world and so like, you know, there's all these people out here that have all these strategies and like, I'm gonna network with this person, I wanna go on these podcasts, whatever. And I'm just like, yo, I'm, uh, I'm just out here trying to be my true self, trying to be honest, not trying to hide anything from anybody, not trying to be anything that I'm not. And so, dude, I am glad that you started your podcast. I'm very glad.
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. And it's cool because like you said, you're just being your authentic self, but I think the big point is there is that you are at least taking that step to post it online, right? Like you have these platforms, whether it's your LinkedIn, whether it's your podcast, like you create them for yourself and you're just putting stuff out there. I'm sure it didn't start off big. So I'd love to hear it, man. I'd love to hear your beginning journeys, like when you started the podcast and stuff. And then I also want to know, like, at what point did did you notice it start to take off? Because it seems like you did not think uh, that it would be as big as it is. And you would have like all these connections and it would just be this big, maybe some tips from people who are like, hey, like, I, I kind of want to post something. Maybe I want to blog, maybe I want to do a podcast. So maybe some of your words of, uh, of inspiration will help them as well.
0: I remember it was like 2017 and I had been about like a year, year and a half, two years into my journey. And I just like basically reached this point where I was like, oh shit, I don't know, I don't know what to do again. You know, I, at least this time I'm not, I'm not suicidal, I'm not obese, I'm not like dying, but I don't know what to do. And it was this time where I was like, man, I really need to sort of like upgrade myself in every kind of way again. And it was this period where I was just like, I need to set up some sort of a system, some sort of a practice, like repetitive, that can put me in front of just the best teachers just so I can kind of learn from them myself. Because I had basically realized that, you know... Like there's different people out there on the Internet. There's people out there who who spew crap. There's people out there who have no idea what they're talking about. There's people out there who do know what they're talking about and and practice what they talk about every single day. And I try to do that. And and for me, I realized like the people who are actually practicing what they do, they're at the top of the top and they're probably very busy. And so I was like 20 years old at the time. And so I was like, man, there's there's no way if I email these people to ask them to like pick their brain there's no way they're gonna say yes <laughs> there's no way and so i was like hey let me start like this podcast thing as a system as a way to get me in front of people and I honestly just kind of used as like my own self-development tool i didn't really think about my audience or anything like that and it just became like hey i was interested in this topic then i switched to this topic then i switched to this topic that i was interested about and yeah, that and that was that. And, and, you know, I really saw things take off maybe in about at the end of 2018, uh, when I, had, when I had Seth Godin on my podcast and a few other people, um, and then my, and then I had started to take off on LinkedIn as well at that time. And so I was really just like growing and, so, and then, and then all of a sudden, like different people, different like entrepreneurs would start to reach out to me and they'd be like, Hey, I have this podcast, but nobody really listens to it. Or I want to start a podcast. And so it opened my eyes to a different business world. Um, but yeah, I mean, previously up to then, I was in, I was in the you know the VR, the virtual reality, AR industry. Honestly, what I realized is that, you know, being an entrepreneur is cool. I've always been an entrepreneur. I'll always be an entrepreneur. It's a it's a great, um, it's a great thing for me personally. Uh, it's like who I am, but also I'm, I'm definitely not a CEO. I'm definitely not a COO. I, I don't want to like, I, that's not, not necessarily it's too much responsibility for me, but I honestly just don't want to do that. And, and something that I've learned as someone who like really, really cares about um, just like the mind and like life itself is I feel like I have to be doing the most important thing. And and for me, like the fact that I wasn't speaking on what I thought was the most important thing, which is mental health, that created like a dis, almost like a discrepancy in my identity. And I just like became not that passionate. Right. And so I'm always trying to do that. And I did that back then. And I'm still doing that today. And so, yeah, you know, it, it really just became like, in my opinion, like, hey, if people are going to take time out of their lives and I understand that, that there's value in And not just information, but entertainment at times. And it's not as black and white. But basically, I was like, if I'm going to take time out of people's day for them to look at their phone or to look at wherever, I feel like whatever they're looking at has to be upgrading their lives. And I felt like I wasn't really doing that. And then also like interviewing people on my podcast and then learning about all these people's stories and then knowing them like backstage and then eventually becoming friends with some of them. Basically tell me, I'm like, oh, if I if they can do that, I can do that. Like there's literally no difference. And so it really became the system and I started to learn how to storytell and all these different things. And so yeah, it was very much like a very gradual process. I just started the podcast just for myself. Um and and yeah, man, it's been an interesting journey throughout. And um and I'm glad that people resonate with it.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. And I love how you take the sort of like, uh, are you familiar with like the optionality approach? Have you heard, have you heard of the book optionality or know of the term? Oh man, it's awesome. I think this is probably like the sixth time I've mentioned it on this podcast. I really want to get the author on here. And it's funny that you, you talk about this cause I'm like, now I actually have a platform I can talk to him, you know, we can actually talk to him and more people will, will learn about it. So I-, I resonate with that so hard. That's exactly why I started the podcast. Again, it's not for like, to be like an entertainer per se. It's exactly like this, man, to learn from you, for us to be able to chat. And, and that's the exact reason why I did it. But this optionality approach from this book, man, it, it really blew my mind. It's just like, you don't really know what you'll even want in like 10 years. Like think about who you were 10 years ago. You're literally a different person. It's like choosing the future for like a, a random person on the street. Just being like, Hey, like, I know exactly what you want to do 10 years from now. Like you don't, you don't know what you want. Right? So. Having that optionality approach is just keeping it open-ended. I'm sure you didn't go into the podcast being like, I'm doing this because I want to be like, I want to be a speaker. I want to like speak on stage and I want to be a best-selling author. Your optionality approach is like, I just want to like have access to the coolest people, the most interesting people and learn from them. So I love that approach, man. And have you been taking that, um, that same approach now? Like what, with what you're doing now? Cause I know you're doing a lot of speaking gigs. Um, you're kind of going on to like the next step. Cause I know, I know we we're just talking about the podcast, but you were mentioning to me before that you're kind of stepping away from your own podcast to do some other things and talk about mental health. So are you taking that same approach now that, that you, now that you're talking about this one specific topic? Um, cause it seems like you did like, again, with this optionality approach, there's like sort of two modes you go in and I think you'll resonate with this. It's like, you have the explore mode and then exploit mode. So that one point, you're like, I'm just exploring stuff. Literally, I'm just like, I'm exploring, exploring, exploring. Then you find that thing, then you exploit it. And like not exploit in like a negative sense that like people think about that word, but in the actual sense of exploiting that thing. So for you, it's been with, with mental health and talking about this one subject, you found this one thing that you now know is your life's purpose, your life's calling, and you want to go all in on this. So are you taking the same approach now? And I want to know how you how you found that one thing. Was it just from... You know your whole journey that we just spoke about was it like hey I just I know I need to talk about this or was there something that kind of sparked it to be like, hey, No This is it going all in
0: so I started writing my book basically in like 2019 and And my, and my book is about like, you know, my life story social anxiety shyness all this stuff um, it's called a uh, screw being shy uh, I wrote that book because you know number one i was trying to find out like okay what's like the number one biggest value add that i can create personally for myself and i was like and i was like yo dude i'm like 20 yeah at the time i was like 22 years old i was like you know like i, I you know I'm, I'm I'm a smart guy but I'm, I'm definitely like no you know national expert or something and so i was just like i can only speak on my life experience and sort of like what i did directly and And I, you know, went on this speaking tour in 2019, just sort of like randomly kind of happened. Um, and I went across like the biggest cities in America and like at these events that I would speak at, I want to say like half of them were kind of like business marketing oriented entrepreneurship, stuff like that. And then the other half of it was kind of like self development, mental health. And I would notice, and I, you know, I touched briefly on my story in both in both of the event, both of the kinds of events, Um, and so people knew who I am and knew where I come from. And there was at least one person in every single city that I visited. That you know, after I'd be done speaking, and people would like line up to like ask me a question or take a picture with me or whatever, there would always be that one person who would walk up to me. And, you know, maybe they'd be stuttering. Maybe they'd be looking down, not making eye contact. Their voice was shaking. And like literally in that moment, I was like, oh, that's my younger self. And they would ask me the same exact question. They would say, hey, Mark, how did you go from someone who went from being like, you know, crippling, shy, socially anxious, how you describe yourself to like being able to go on a stage and, you know, talk about like your story in front of hundreds of people. And eventually it was just people just saying that again and again and again and again to where I was like, dude, I can't give, like, there is no one, two, three tips for this because it's, it's like, okay to be an introvert. There's nothing wrong with being an introvert. Some people experience a natural level of shyness, but then there's like a totally different kind of person, which is the kind of person I was, which was being socially anxious. And that's like a mental health problem that leads to substance abuse, social isolations and suicide." Which is like literally like my, still whole, my whole story played out. And then I just realized that like in this space, all all the space was around like, oh, here's how to build your confidence. Uh, try harder. Here are like the best networking tips. And I had always tried those, but they just never worked for me. And then me looking back at my journey over like what I did from suicidal to being able to do like exposure therapy to understanding like my state of the of my neurotransmitters and my gut microbiome and all these different things that I had to figure out for my social anxiety, I was like holy shit, this is this is the thing that people actually need right now that I can actually give people right now. And of course, I'm always growing, I'm always evolving, I'm always learning. But that for me was really it. And then my book came out in literally the day the world shut down in March of 2020, literally the day the world shut down. And and then, and then, like also later that month, I had like a TEDx schedule. I had like I was gonna be in a documentary. All these different things, like as sure everybody did, and of course, everything got canceled. And and then like every like the whole world was freaking out about COVID. And then a month kind of came later. And then you know, kind of everything revolving around um like Black Lives Matter, police brutality in America, a lot of crazy stuff went down. And it, and I almost kind of like lost my purpose. <laughs> In that sense, because I was like, man, people are inside all day. Like, why did I even write this book? Like, they're not even going to be talking to people. Like, what? And so I just like kind of went through this period where I just like kind of lost touch with literally all I was working for. And you know, I was still fine financially. I wasn't. Thank God, I wasn't suffering financially. But um, but I. But I'm also like an entrepreneur. I'm also. I'm always trying to make money. And so I ended up starting this company called Growcast. That's like a a podcast network which was what i was already doing beforehand i was kind of like already being i was like already working with entrepreneurs helping them with their podcast but this was like a more like official like organization to do it and and i and i mostly did that just because i wanted to help leaders i like saw people like you and i was like damn josh is a smart dude imagine if he could do what i could do um but then honestly i did that it's great you know i learned a lot made a lot of money i mean it's still up like i saw i saw i still hire people for it and everything. But I've just like been reflecting since like twenty twenty one, and I'm just like like what am I doing? Like why did I write this book about screw being shy? What's my purpose? And then now I'm just out here trying to like start podcasts, and I'm just basically just making like people who are already well off who are rich just richer. And and again, I know that's not the full story. Most of my clients were doing great things, like nothing like that. I never worked with anybody who I didn't respect or anything, but. Now I'm just at this point where I'm just like I need to directly take what I'm doing in my book and just like do it in as many ways as I can whether that's like working one on one with people and it's funny because I already had clients that were hiring me for marketing but in reality it was just like a CEO who had social anxiety. <laughs> and so I was already doing this um and so I've just sort of been all you know operating under that um and kind of pushing myself towards that trying to kind of not necessarily remove myself, but trying to separate myself from like the whole marketing world, because I have like a LinkedIn course. I have a podcast course, which I think are great. I think I'm always going to have those, but I've just been moving more towards in like moving with my purpose. And like, you know, I've been doing different things on Clubhouse. I'm still going to interview people. But like one thing that I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to start a different podcast where basically I want it to be like this. like this anonymous talk show not talk show but basically what I want to do is like I want to create this platform and say hey if you have if you experience social anxiety if you're shy introvert whatever if you have any questions you want to share your experience submit like a voice memo here you can we can make it anonymous we can you know change the voice whatever you don't have to say your name and then I'll just answer that question and and like really what I want to do is like I want to create like a database like a library for anyone who ever experiences this and they have questions to be able to search and like directly go to like hey what do i do if i'm this hey what do i do if i'm this and so that's what i've been recently you know pivoting my um you know my kind of career in and so it's been interesting man it's been very interesting but it's it's definitely what i'm the most passionate about and you know i know that no matter what i do in life i'm always going to experience problems I'm always gonna experience you know anxiety stress that's all part of it but it has to be worth it and I know for me like personally for me money is not that valuable of a currency for me like I, I can't do things like I know people again I'm not trying to judge but, and there's different times in your life where you have to make sacrifices and whatnot. I personally there's no way in hell I could be like a lawyer for example like I don't give a crap how much you're paying me. If you want me to like look at something and do like some kind of technical work for most of my living life. Like I, I would rather like, um, and, so, and so that's just what I've learned about myself. And it's very common for introverts or really anybody who's like experienced like a serious like mental health problem of like, like you have to be reminded of like, why you are living your life every day, you know? And if you're doing something that's not in line with that directly, I personally can't do that. And like, that's also why when, when I was in college for a short time, that's also why, like when I was sitting in class, I, I couldn't tell, I could have put my finger on it, but it, I literally felt like I was sitting in a tank of like radioactive ooze. And like my brain and my body was literally just like melting in real time of just me being in a scenario where I, that I just don't wanna be in that is not gonna help me in my future. Now, of course, everything can be a lesson, everything can be valuable, but at a top level, not for me. Like I have to be in line with my first. I have to be directly doing it. I can't just write a book about it and then just be like, all right, that was cool. No, I have to be directly doing it every single day. And when I'm not, I just kind of feel lost, you know, or I feel confused or distracted, or I feel like I'm not focusing on the main thing. You know, I'm not focusing on the entree and I got to be focusing
1: on the entree. This, that's such a good point because I'm sure a lot of people do feel lost like that. Right. Even if they have a job, they're doing something full time. It's like, you're not doing the right thing. You need to find that thing. So sometimes you do need to take a little bit of a, um, of a leap and you have to kind of go in that explore mode. Like I think the last year, more people than ever, probably in the last hundred years since the last fucking quarantine, uh, the last plague that we, we had on this fucking earth I don't think anyone has done this amount of introspection and this amount of like soul searching or had the time to like think and sit with their thoughts. Right. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, um, went through a big change. Like even for me, man, like I went through a big change that you probably did a couple years ago, which is like leaving a virtual reality company because we had a VR company at Controverse where we were focused on conferences, film festivals, events, again, March, you got fucked in but what it did is it made me stop take a 10,000 foot view of what's going on and really start thinking about okay what is my purpose what do i need to be doing and then again serendipitously i came across your podcast this is fucking crazy so your podcast on the mind valley superhumans at work podcast um i was like mind valley i've definitely heard of this somewhere so then after i listened to the episode i just went through the down the whole mind valley rabbit hole and this happened to be the week that Vision was running his webinar to promote his new book, The Buddha and the Badass. Right. So so I went through that webinar. I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy this book. And he's like, okay, if you buy five copies, then you can also be part of the course. I'm like, hey, great. So this guy's already roping me into Mind Valley. I'm sold on Mind Valley. So I read the book, I did the course, uh, be extraordinary at work, and then I I signed up for the all access. So like Mind Valley. Had been this, like another gateway took like, a whole other world for me. I'm like, Hey, this is so awesome. There's so many great resources out there. And I was able to have that time. But I think if we weren't in lockdown, if we didn't have quarantine, I probably wouldn't have done it because I would have been grinding and just doing surface level stuff with my company. And I think that's what you were saying you were doing. You're like, fuck that. I need to go deeper in my purpose. So that's awesome. Did you find like, were there other resources like Mindvalley that helps you kind of get, find that purpose and kind of um re re re-engage yourself there it's funny
0: because i remember i remember being in my college dorm room in 2016 and reading vision's book the code of the extraordinary mind (laughs) so yeah and it's not like that it's not like that book was like the reason why i am where i am but i mean it's just like full circle you know and and like that like for example like i inspired you vision inspired me you know what I mean? So it's like a constant cycle. And like, that's what makes life worth living. And in terms of what you said about purpose, you know, it's interesting because once you, once you sort of go through an experience and then you have like a shift in perspective, you have this 10,000 foot view, then it actually makes you like a hundred times smarter because you're able to connect the dots in ways that people can. And like, for example, I'm no longer in the virtual reality industry, but now knowing what I know, And then especially being passionate and my purpose on mental health, dude, I think in the future, virtual reality is going to be one of the biggest tools that is going to help the mental health crisis that we have. And so I don't know what that's going to look like, but for all I know, maybe I, you know, in like the next, I don't know the next billion dollar VR startup for mental health, maybe I can like work with them. You know, maybe I can like be an advisor, maybe they hire me. I have no idea. And so, it's like taking these things and then and then maybe if that becomes successful i can say like yo i used to have vr and then i quit and then i had to do all this and then turns out this was all worth it and all this stuff and so yeah man it's been it's been super interesting and and that to me is what is super exciting about life it's like all these connecting of dots and, and 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 having serendipitous moments and i remember never really in my life experiencing serendipity and to me experiencing serendipity and coincidence for me, that's like proof that there is like a, like a God or there is like a spiritual realm. And, and dude, ever since um, I took a break from meditating like a few months ago, but ever since I've been meditating back and then I've been like moving my body, I've been traveling. Dude, I've literally been seeing coincidences everywhere that just like constantly like send me these messages, send me these messages. Like for example, ran, random example. So yesterday I'm in New York City, right? And I'm trying to go back home and i'm I'm waiting in line in the transportation trying to trying to get on. and um and I'm just like waiting, and I'm listening to this podcast. and uh, I don't forget who which podcast, but he was it was with Jordan Peterson. and um, yeah, he's he's up there in Toronto with you. I remember one of the things that he said he like gave some story on how, like one time, like some dude knocked on his house or something in the middle of the night and he was like violent and he was gonna like kill him or something like that like and then then he basically talked about like how he de-escalated that situation and then what he did and then the guy eventually just left him home alone and it was harmless so I'm literally listening to this in real time next thing I know this dude walks up to me this homeless guy walks up to me and I pull out my headphones and he says um he says hey man do you have any change and my I have like a phone wallet case and so I sort of like look at my wallet and i don't have any cash and so i'm like um no i'm sorry dude i don't have any change with me and and the guy's like oh man i'm I'm trying to get something to eat and and i said i said i'm sorry brother like I, maybe you, you can ask someone else or something and then he and then I, and then i had also got a uh, bought chipotle for myself and i had it on my bag like on the floor and so he points to that and he's like what about that and i was like dude that's my dinner man i haven't eaten for like two hours that's gonna be my only dinner for the next four or six hours so i'm sorry man i can't give that to you but maybe somebody else can give you money or can buy you food or something and i said good luck and then he basically like walked off with like the like the weirdest look i've ever seen it wasn't like a it wasn't like a weird like like a crazy look or like it was just like in his head he was like like he went like that to me it was very weird and then next thing i know He like walks above like a few people in line above me that are also waiting to get on. And the like this guy says, hey, um, do you have any change or I'm just trying to get some food. And the guy in front of me, he was like eating a bag of chips. (laughs) And he's like and he's like, nah, screw off, buddy. And then next thing I know, the homeless guy literally starts to freak the fuck out literally starts screaming, like literally it sounds like he's having a mental breakdown. And I, I literally think he's about to pull out a knife and kill this guy. And the other guy and some other guys came and then the homeless guy eventually ended up running away. But like looking back at that, literally what Jordan Peterson was saying on the podcast, I literally did what exactly he did in that thing of like stated my intention. I looked at him directly in the eyes. I like stated my sincerity, my intentions, and then he left me alone. And then literally in front of me was literally about to kill that guy, and so I'm like literally in my head I'm like, like thank God for for like for, for like for everything, and I remember like going on Twitter and tw- and literally tweeting like be nice to people and be respectful for no reason, and, and and like that's a great example of that, and so thank you for listening to my story, man. I wanted to get that off my chest, but it was wow. interesting.
1: Wow. No, that's that's crazy serendipity right because you could have been like if you're like hungry or getting hangry at that time you could have been like hey screw off bud too who knows what he would have done right but you just happen to listen to that and you take those learnings like right away i love that when that happens man that's fucking crazy
0: yeah dude i'm very grateful and it's beautiful and every time like a moment like that happens it's like oh wow what i'm doing is actually working oh wow what i'm doing is actually working and i think that's like one of the most important things that people need of like, you know, when you ask me if people they think of themselves as victims or they can't get past that one step or they're stuck, people need some sort of a feedback loop with life, with reality, to show them that what they're doing is working. Because there's people who, whatever it is, they, you know they face addiction problems, they face various problems, they try to do these things, but life isn't sending them the messages of what they're doing is working. And that's difficult because every single thing in life requires a certain amount of time to see the results, right? So if you start eating healthy for a week, probably nothing is gonna happen to you. You know, if you start exercising for a week and then you just quit, nothing's gonna happen to you. There's a certain amount of time you have to do things for them to work. And so I'm just like, I love that because like, that's something that I've been able to experience that constantly reaffirms in your head and it gets gives you that fuel to keep going. And then I go on podcasts like this and then you're like, Dude, I started my podcast. You're an inspiration, and I'm like, oh wow, they like, what I'm doing is working. And then you do that, and then next thing you know, you literally have thousands of examples of like your new theory for reality working. And then that is sort of in your head, like almost like on a on a trial, like in a court. That amount of evidence is also put and weighed against the other amount of evidence in your life, which is all the negatives for all the decisions. And you and like you have that more weighted choice to be like you know what I'm gonna continue to choose this and that's extremely helpful, even in the times where you don't know what to do you know where are the times where you lose your faith and I think like during COVID during quarantine that definitely happened to me sometimes but I'm glad I had all these experiences that help reaffirm that because dude I know that if I wasn't on the journey that I wasn't on like and then COVID happened in quarantine. Oh God, man! I don't know where I'd be right now. I don't think I'd. I don't think, to be honest, I could fall I'd still off be the track.
1: Here. Yeah, you think you'd like fall off the track, fall off the path. Fall. I mean, I mean,
0: yeah. If I had never sort of like been suicidal years ago and I had no awareness of what mental health was, but I still had these issues, I probably would have killed myself. Like I'm not even. I'm fortunately I'm not exaggerating, but um, I'm very grateful. Like you know, I've been able to do what I've been able to do, and it's just preparation. and I know for the next five to six years, I'm going to be even better off. And so that's like all part of this mission. It never ends. It's every day.
1: Yeah, dude. And I think, man, that brings up so many things in my mind. Like one of the biggest, the feedback loop, right? So like the first thing I want to like dig in there is like, do you have some kind of document or like journaling process that you give yourself feedback? Because I've, I've spoken to a few people on this podcast who have talked about, I can't remember the exact name for it, but. It's the episode for anyone listening with Marie Poland. She had a specific document. So she does this notion mastery uh, course and she has this document. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, honestly, I cannot remember, but it had a, a specific name that gave her all of the, uh, like you said, the weight and all of these experiences, her past experiences, it actually was to help her get through imposter syndrome, but I think it's good for anything for someone to have list all of your positive experiences all of these things that you've done. So that way you can go back and look at it. Like, Hey, no, I've gone through this. I like these people told me that, that it helped them or it is working. Like I got positive feedback. So I think it's like the the main point of it. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, You guys go listen back to it. I'll put it in the description or something, but you'd have to like create some kind of feedback loop for yourself. So when the world doesn't give it to you, you, and you forget, we always forget, right? Like our memory is fucking horrible. So you got to write it down. You got to put it in notion that, that she does. And it's like this document that just serves, there's all your positive experiences, like you won this award or you did this, you spoke to this person. So-and-so told you that you achieved X, you did Y like, then you can look back at that and get like a, a good feedback loop. Right. It's like, if you're in a, like we talked about this like, as being a video game, like we're kind of in a virtual reality, right?
0: Okay. Dude, I'm Everything so good? Sorry. I, uh, good? Yeah, I just really had to be, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and like getting it's the feeling good. of pee. Is like an anxiety trigger for me. So when that comes, yes. I'm just like, I need to
1: pee right away. Dude, that's so funny. Uh, you, you know, uh, Jason Silva. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know yeah. Him. Okay. I thought, I thought for some reason he was on your podcast, but yeah, he, he talked about it. I saw a talk of his and he was just like, um, it was at U of T too. Speaking of Jordan Peterson. And he was just like, most of the time when we're feeling anxiety, we really just need to pee or something. We realize it's just we just got to pee. So that's so funny. It's so true though. Right. It's like these physical senses. But like I was just saying, um, I want to know if you have a feedback because like I see this world and I want to get into this too, man. But I think we have this shared sort of like view of reality where it's like it's kind of like we're in a video game. We're in a virtual reality already. So when you don't get the feedback, it's like you're playing a video game and you're like hitting something and it's not breaking and you're like, <laughs> oh, it's just broken. Like it's right. not like, nothing's happening. If you're playing Minecraft and you're trying to hit the thing and it's not breaking down, then you're like it's broken or oh that thing just doesn't work just then you just walk away you're like eh, whatever so do you have something where you give yourself feedback do you have a journaling process or or a daily practice
0: yeah dude i want to get it all into that and and when i was in the bathroom i had so many thoughts and out and there's two things i want to say specifically but i just want to go real quick on the whole peeing thing because i think this is important and what i've learned is everybody has different trigger points and oftentimes they have deep underlying roots. And so for example, for me, what I've learned specifically is the reason why I have that or why I think I have it is because I remember when I was like literally like eight years old, being in gym class and literally being like super shy and then raising my hand and being like, Hey, can I go to the bathroom? And the teacher was like, no, And I literally peed my pants in front of the entire class. And I literally, like, I didn't know what to do. I was a kid, I had no idea. And then I remember like going, and then they were like, oh, why didn't you tell? And then all this stuff. And then when I started to face racism and bullying, all of a sudden what began to happen to me was I either didn't go to sleep at night or when I would go to sleep, I would wet my bed. And I wet my bed literally until I was 18 years old. And it was literally because every time that would happen, it was either i wouldn't go to sleep or i wet my bed if i did go to sleep i would wet my bed and it was because every time i'd be in my dreams i'd face nightmares that my fight or flight would get triggered boom you know if anyone gets into like some sort of emergency they pee literally would happen to me like all the time the third thing that i want to say i remember going to the doctor and them telling me we have this issue the doctor prescribing me medicine i don't know what the exact name of the medicine is but I remember like four years ago, five years ago, looking it up. And one of the side effects of it is literally anxiety. And so, and so like all the three different layers right there of like why this happens. And so it's good because if I have this awareness, then I can just sort of do what I need to do to best manage myself. But if I don't, then I'm, these feelings are going to arise and I'm going to have no idea. Um, And so, I mean, I guess that is like a little bit of like a feedback, but to what you said before. So two, two different ways. Um in terms of like documentation. So yeah, I mean of course I journal. I try my best to journal every day. I think I have four main ways of like journaling. Number one is gratitude. It's like the most standard. You know, everyone write down three things you're grateful for. I try my best to like be as specific as possible. I try my best to like let myself like try my best to like close my eyes and like truly feel it and like step into this present moment where I'm like really just grateful, even if it's just for 30 seconds. Um, So that's one form. Another form is um, like I have this kind of journaling, I I don't know, I call it like truth honesty. I just made it up. But it's basically where I try to be as radically honest to to myself as possible. Honest about what I'm doing with my life, my emotions, my thoughts, if I think I'm doing the right or wrong thing, just like like the most radical honest you can imagine to yourself. And I try to do that for like 30, 60 seconds. Um, And I don't do that every day. The reason why I don't do that every day is because what I've learned is if I'm doing that every single day, a lot of times it's, uh, how do I say this is very heavy. Um, And so I do it maybe like a few times a week or a couple times a week or once a week. Um, And so that's when another one is, uh, I actually just made a post about this today. Uh, Funny enough, Uh, another one is uh, it's like visualization. And so what I'll do is, um, like sometimes I write it, not every time though, but for example, what I'll do is like, I'll literally just close my eyes and then just imagine whatever happening that I want to happen. And so for example, like, you know, I remember in 2019, closing my eyes and being like, I literally cannot wait to one day speak to Gary Vee because I remember discovering Gary Vee in my college dorm room. And then that being the first person who ever told me, That it was okay to be an entrepreneur and not a great student or not a great athlete and that was the first time i had ever heard that or even knew what the word entrepreneur was even though that was me my entire life um so i had like this very like this dream like this vision like oh one day i'm going to speak to to gary v and i would like visualize about this and then the way that i visualize about it is not like all all of a sudden i like step into the crowd, no like i literally imagine like what it would take for for reality to get there so i literally imagine me pulling out my phone and checking my email and then seeing an email from like Gary V, or like seeing an email from someone of like Gary V saying like hey we're gonna invite you to the event next to the speaker is Gary V," and then me like traveling to get there and then going there and then and then speaking and then like looking to the right imagine like what his facial structure would look like and I mean like literally literally like two weeks I think after that or like a week after that literally got an, an invite at a conference to speak next to Gary V in Las Vegas and then guess what covid happens. No. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, it's definitely going to happen one day. Um, but like I used to think that whole visualizing was complete BS until it like actually started to work. Until I actually was like, "Oh, oh, I I literally visualized about this 2 days ago. Oh my god, it's literally happening right now." And like kind of like these coincidences, these feedback. And um and uh, the last one, oh, the last one is this concept I have of, of like a dream list. So I asked myself, Mark, what are the three things that you can do today that can get you as close to your dream life as possible? And the reason why I say that is because I just hate the word to do list. It just has a very negative association in my brain because, you know, I, like as entrepreneurs, like people wake up in the morning and they're just like, all right, here's my to do list. And they write down all these things and then some of them get done, some of them don't get done. And then at the end of the night, you're like sitting there, you look back on the to do list. And then you see like half of them are crossed out, half of them are empty. You added six things onto this. And then you're like, holy shit, I did nothing today. I'm like a failure. And so I don't like doing that because it, re- it like talking about feedback, it gives you the feedback that you're not doing enough. And literally so many entrepreneurs struggle with that. That's probably why they work so hard. But um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that, that's like a big one um, that I've learned. So I just call it dreamless. And I just say the three most important. I don't, I don't do four or five. And then if I do like have to do four or five, I just like try to do those like bonus, like extra, like extra points, you know, cherry on top. Now the second portion of what I wanted to say is so I I have a chapter or a subsection about this in my book, and it's called um, I think it's called something like how to change the way you think about yourself. And basically what I talk about, it sounded similar to what that uh, lady was saying, but basically what it is is like as humans we think that. Our memories are like, hey, this is what happened in year one. This is what happened in year two, year three, year four, year five. Our t- our, our the way that we think about our memory in our past, it's not linear. It's like connected in like these weird ways that we think we know, but we don't really know. And I know for me, like at like at least every three months or something like that all of a sudden I'll get like some random memory that I like repressed my entire life that just like came up. I'm like, oh shit, (laughs) like, oh, that's why that had, oh my God, I finally know what that is, you know? And that's just part of life. And so in this subsection of my of the fifth chapter of my book, I talk about like, you know, kind of what you said of like, you know, what are you good at? What are these awards? All these different things. Um, But I basically do it in terms of traits, right? And so for example, like one of the big things that really messed me up was me always think that I was stupid and I lacked intelligence because I got bad grades in school or because I had social anxiety. And whenever somebody would ask me for my opinion, my brain would enter into a fight or flight. And then I would start overthinking and then I wouldn't be able to say what I really wanted to say. And so as a result of that, I just always thought I was like this stupid kid. But then I actually sat there and I was like, am I actually a stupid kid? Hmm. What 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 is the evidence that proves the opposite of that? What's the evidence that shows that I'm actually a smart, intelligent person? Well, I'm like, hmm. I started a six-figure business when I was like sixteen. When I was like, literally some kid out of poverty. Nobody does that, you know. I um, like my parents or like my sister, they always tell me I'm super smart, and I never understood it. And so, like, literally going back and trying to find like these sort of like negative connotations. There are there are definitely such things as weaknesses, like natural weaknesses that we have. But going back into almost either traits that you think you have or that you want and then literally creating memories, like saying like, oh, I remember that one time I did this. I remember that one time I did that. That's like a great way to like rethink the way that you even think about yourself and your character. So that to me, I do that all the time. I don't do it as much. I did it like a lot, like when I was first starting off. But that to me really helped shift the perspective of like my actual character. Now the last thing the la- that I want to say of like this part is when it comes to like feedback that people give me whether it's like for example you on this podcast if you tell me I inspired you or someone leaves a comment or a message that's like very nice I always take a screenshot of it and I have a folder in my Google Drive where I literally pour that stuff in where I don't look at it every day but on the days where I'm like man shit like literally nothing I do matters like I'm worthless I go back and I'm like, Oh, remember that when that 65 year old woman told me she was going to kill herself and then she found my story and she did it. And like all these different things. And so I I hope you liked my three-part answer to, uh, to that. I hope it was worth getting up in the middle and going to the bathroom.
1: Love that. That was pure gold. And it's so true, man, is getting that evidence and and you kind of brought something up there. It's like building your character. This definitely leads me right back in that whole thing of this mental model of this being sort of a game because. Think about it like an RPG, right? Like you and I, we, we love playing video games, right? I don't know how much you still play, but I'm sure you've played an MMORPG. Everyone's played RuneScape. I wish I could
0: play more video games.
1: Me too, right? I kind of wish I had more time for it. I just feel like there's so many other things. But we're playing a different video game. We're already, I, that's the whole point. We're already playing a video this game. This is the main video game. This is the main video game. We're already in it. Like we're already in a virtual reality, people. Like let's not try to fight it. We have a character, but what's really crazy is we can rebuild this character and that's kind of what you did, right? You can like, think of it like, like the stats, then MMORPG, like they're really good at running or like strength, and, you know, you stick a bar, like a health bar and stuff like that. And yours is like, it's like with intelligence and people are like, okay, it could be strength if you want to be like a power lifter or something, but you have all these like abilities that we can start like mapping on. So it'd be interesting to have sort of like that. I mean, I guess LinkedIn is sort of like that is like their, your Pokemon cards for humans. That's basically what LinkedIn profiles are. But it's kind of like that, right? Where you can like rebuild your character and you can start thinking of yourself in this game in a different way. You can also program this game. You could program your character and you can program your story instead of just being like, Oh yeah, this is it. This is the game I'm playing. I'm just in it, but you can actually choose the games that you play and you can actually go and be very conscious of that. So maybe let's get into that, man. Like, so do you, do you think about that? I know we talked about it briefly. Do you have sort of similar mental models or mindsets when it comes to that, when it comes to just your mental models of you being in reality and how you view yourself in the world?
0: Oh yeah, man. I mean, there's, (laughs) there's so many different levels of this conversation. Um, but I mean, I think at a basic or like at a foundational level, like for me, basically like when I realized that like I, like I lived 10 years of my life with social anxiety and like my brain was like, taking like uh, all this information like making me feel in all these different ways and and impulses and senses it like really just based and then and then when i ch- was able to change that and then i saw that in front of my eyes that's like the biggest amount of proof that i was like oh shit like this like this really is a game and and in terms of like reality itself you know i definitely believe in like a higher power i definitely believe in some sort of like a deeper you know spiritual like metaphysical. Uh, dimension. And I believe that, um, you know, we're all tapping into this universal life source that I think literally looks like just atoms moving around in space and light and time. And I think that these atoms and these light have been able to organize themselves into like the smartest organisms on the planet, which are human beings, which is what we all are. But we are also that same energy force, but we're just a part of that. I don't know how much you've been down this rabbit hole, but I, I definitely believe in, you know, universal consciousness. And it's funny because I remember I had a moment in 2017 where I was meditating in my house and you uh, know I was meditating same place. I always meditate in the morning. And I remember I had a freaking crazy experience that now I know is referred to as a mystical experience or a religious experience where all of a sudden like I was meditating and then it, it was almost like I didn't, I didn't like physically come out of my body but it was almost like the perspective of like my body shifted and but I was still myself I was still like my same sense of consciousness mark just like in this bubble mind existing but all of a sudden I like became my house and I became the trees outside and I became my not like not like I became those things, but it was almost like the same way that when I open my eyes and I look down and I see my body, it was like I just like looked down and I just like saw the world. And it's never happened to me ever since that moment. Um but ever since I experienced that and like I freaking googled like crazy, told like all my friends what the hell? Am I dying or what's happening? Then I like really experience like I realized that like at a, at a at like a crazy like metaphysical level, like I I am just like this energy sack, and like that's just name is Mark, but I'm also the entire universe and all energy because we all come from the same source, and so, I think for me I didn't realize that until later, but I think for me, it was almost like realizing that my entire life I had sort of put up these these like boundaries. Uh, Like these emotional, these like spiritual boundaries. And the reason why is because I had to protect myself because there were other people, other forms of energy that were, you know, I want to say evil, but were bad towards me. And they had their own boundaries because of their own stories. And they sent projected that virus to me. And then based on, you know, my genetics, my life experiences, it like created this, you know, form of consciousness that is me um and so yeah i mean i think that uh, you know reality itself and how we view ourselves is completely different than the normal world view that we all experience in like our little you know reality tunnel of what we think is normal and um and, yeah i mean i remember ever since i experienced that my mystical experience then you're like holy shit literally anything is possible <laughs> like literally anything is possible like at that point there there's nothing that you don't think is possible um, which can be very powerful.
1: It can. And I, I love that, man. I definitely had a similar experience when I was very young. I remember going for a little bike ride with my friend, getting up to this bridge above a highway and then having my first out-of-body experience. It was like, man, I felt like I was like, you know, like when you're in a playing a video game and you get to like, sort of the outer edges of like the playable area and like, you like, you can't go there anymore. <laughs> you can't go, right? Literally. What happened here was like, this is the furthest I've ever gone outside of my house alone with my friend on our bikes. And as I was approaching this bridge, I had a out of body experience where my consciousness just kind of floated up. And I was like, maybe, I don't know, three, four stories, uh, like higher than my body, just looking down at myself on my bike and just seeing myself in the world. Like it was was so metaphorical, right? Seeing myself in this bigger world as I was reaching this, the, the edge points of like level one, it was so weird, man. But I think like on top of that, like. I don't know how I I was able to have that experience and and like like yourself you're able to have this experience through meditation. But I think there's a lot of people who just they're not even open to it at all and the one thing I always say is like there there are drugs for that, right? Like we <laughs> talked about alcohol and that kind of drugs, but there are some like I think one of the biggest revolutions in mental health in our generation will be psychedelics, right? Um I know I don't know how much you've gone down that rabbit hole if you've tried it yourself, but whether it's mushrooms or LSD and especially like ayahuasca, like you're going to get that feeling of this like universal consciousness and like intellectually, I know it, I've had experiences with that through like deep dream states and meditation, but, and like intellectually, I know, but I feel like I still need to maybe try something like ayahuasca to like really experience that. Cause like I've heard and seen and, you know, from, from my conversations with people and listening to other people's experience of it, it's like, you, you take that substance and it jacks you right into that, that uh, universal power, right? And people like Aubrey Marcus, he, he's been doing it quite a bit recently and talking about his experience. And it's like, when you take those compounds, it's not really a drug, it's a compound, right? It's like, that's the software that you're downloading into your mind. That it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when that kicks in, you're going to experience that. Have you ever experienced like any kind of psychedelic experiences? Have you done it yourself?
0: So let me, do, I just wanna address something that you said before about when you, when you experienced it as a kid with your friend. And um, so one of the things that's really interesting is I remember I was watching a video from Jason Silva and he was kind of like talking about this like universal consciousness, we're all connected. And he used this really interesting example that like locks, like, like it helps you understand it even if you've, you haven't had an experience like this. And it's like, when you're a little kid, Right. And you're like daydreaming. Right. And like, I don't know, like, for example, I have a I have like a comb in my hand. I don't know why. It's just it was just right there. So I'm just like been touching it. But like I have a comb in my hand, like and I'm pretending like I'm a little kid. I'm daydreaming. I'm pretending like it's like a bus or it's like a spaceship. And I'm like,
1: right.
0: And you're you're in like your own world. Right. But then all of a sudden. Somebody uh like walks in or somebody even comes close to you and all of a sudden it feels like that daydream is, is like slowly evaporating and it's like connecting you to a bigger sphere of of thought consciousness and so like that that that's like the best way i can describe um sort of like what i experienced of like we we're like all going through like these thoughts and emotions and we think that maybe we're producing them our, ourselves and i think there is a layer of that but we're all like in like this shared reality together and we all impact each other and so that's like a great example of it and i know like i have a i have a year a uh, year and a half old niece and sometimes for example like i will come in and she won't see me i won't make any noise but then all of a sudden i see like the toy that she's playing with and all of a sudden she like stops for like three seconds and the next thing you know she turns around she sees me because kids babies are way more receptive to this because you actually don't have a sense of consciousness. I believe in like the first year of your life, babies have no sense of consciousness. They have to they have to they actually embody the consciousness of their mom. That's why moms hold them close to their body. And then all of a sudden a kid can start to look in the mirror. And like if they look in the mirror before their age is one, they think it's a different like a different thing. They don't know what's happening. But then as it starts to kick in they, they start to realize who they are and their sense of consciousness. Um, and so in terms of psychedelic drugs, you know, here's what I will say. I remember, you know, I had an experience where um you know, I didn't I didn't uh it wasn't any of those things, but I, I took like an edible. And um you know, someone had told me, you know, like an edible, it's more it's like psychoactive. It's like, or it's not psychoactive, it's more psychedelic um than like the like just normally. And so I remember taking one of those and um and just i mean nothing nothing crazy happened just being more reaffirmed to that um in terms of like dmt and that stuff i haven't been called to it you know <laughs> like i've I've had aubrey marcus on my podcast i've talked to like a ton of these guys i hasn't like it hasn't and that's what i've heard like it has to call you like you have to have like this not urge but you have to have like this sense of like i think i need to do this like for the next step i don't have that yet you know what i mean and so That's what I'm, I'm not going to wait for that. But like, that's, that's what I'm, you know, sort of doing. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that like what you said of like, when you give people these chemicals, it lets them see that, right. And I think under the right kind of setting, I think, I think probably psychedelics and a true immersive virtual reality, because that can also mimic experiences. Those I think are the only two ways to truly change somebody's brain if they have only been living in this certain game and this certain game that they can never win because they're trying to punch the blocks and nothing is happening. I think that's the only way to do it or unfortunately like a, like a traumatic experience. You know, I think those three ways are, are the ways to do it in terms of mega change.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it right there. And, and I think I've I read something where it's like after the age of 25 or maybe even 20, Um, it's really hard for you to learn new things in general or stop really bad habits. And what it really takes is a traumatic experience. This is from, I know from a few, I think from a psychology book that I read when I was in university, something like that after 20 or 25, you, it is, you have to have like a traumatic experience to kind of wake you up and like change your thinking, whether that's like a physical trauma or maybe it's like a breakup, whatever it is, uh, it's gotta be something crazy like that. I think you're right, man. You, ni- you hit the nail on the head. I think it's psychedelics either with or mixed with um, virtual reality, right? So maybe oh, we can shit. kind of get in that for a little bit. Of- oh, God. Oh, you were- I thought you were saying mix. Like you'd take them no, at the same no, time. No, no, but-
0: no. No, no. I was, no, I was just saying like if we could, if we could somehow like create a, some kind of a device that could literally like mimic reality, like experience yeah. and give anybody any experience without like the traumatic part of it or, or like a good experience. Yeah. That's what I meant. I don't, I don't know
1: about mixing those two. That seems, <laughs> that seems crazy. <laughs> That's what I thought you were talking about. I think it is. I don't know. There's how a couple companies in Canada. There's a, co- a company really? called lobe sciences in Canada oh, wow. that does psychedelic. And I know they also do VR. I'm not sure if they mix it at the same time, but it could be something like that. Like imagine you were talking about that breathe app that you're using yeah. in VR, right? Like imagine taking psychedelics and just being in that. It doesn't have to be like, well, it doesn't even have to be lifelac. Right. It could be like, who knows? But well, I think it's again, like I haven't like
0: had that. I mean, again, I haven't had like a crazy psychedelic experience or something. But from what I do know, though, but when I was in different states like that, I also remember like being very turned off from technology. I also remember yeah. like wanting to to integrate like naturally. And I remember yes. going for a walk with my friend and um, I remember like going through the walk and like my my like like uh, like my park. And I remember like just seeing like the world so bright, beautiful. But then all of a sudden I would see trash on the floor and it like literally looked black and white. Like it looked like it was out of this world.
1: And Whoa. so I feel
0: like if you did an experience like that, and then you had like this like machine, I feel like that it, yeah. it, like, wouldn't work. You know what I mean? It might even so cause I I no anxiety,
1: idea. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think maybe those two separately, but I think using VR as a tool for that, I think you're right. Could definitely work. Whether that's like putting people in situations. Um, that would make them otherwise feel uh anxious. I think maybe that's the way to go, right? You would be like, Hey, like you're you're afraid of like flying or speaking, let's put you in that experience to do like, exposure therapy or something.
0: Yeah, I think I don't know which company, but I was reading about this company that um they were using VR to treat like PTSD and like even things like schizophrenia. And basically, what they would do is like they would create these simulations of not traumatic events, but um but sort of like a a a lower degree to that and then they would like consistently expose them to where eventually they would be able to like go back to their trauma in a safe environment you know and so yeah man i mean i think that area is going to be great and and i really think you know like mental health has always been an issue um but especially now it's definitely been highlighted and so i don't know how as a society <laughs> We're going to combat this to be quite frank but i definitely think we're going to have to come up with new solutions and whether that's psychedelics or vr or whatever it's going to be a lot of work man because a lot of people out there need help and 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 you know we see we see the 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 reality about this every single day you know from all the all the different bad things from happening and and i think at the end of the day what i've learned is like everybody has a brain everybody has a mind right and and like your your brain your mind is beautiful it's amazing But it's also very flawed, you know, and so it's like understanding that and then saying, like, what are the what are the, the, the the I don't know, security safeguards, like, what are the things that we can do to bridge those gaps, you know, and then some part of me, as I said, that is like, it's reality, you can't change the human brain. And then there's another part of me that's like, wait. You can, you have no idea. We're able to do things in technology we've never done before, you know? So it's interesting, man. It's a little philosophical. It's a little.
1: It is. Know, is. This is the, this the thing. Yeah, man. The biggest thing between our ears, right? It's the, the biggest mystery we have other than the space or the deepest part of the seas, right? Like it's going to be one of those things that human beings will continue wanting to kind of explore whether like they, they get to some sort of answer in our lifetime. I don't know. Cause then once they hit that part, then it gets all really philosophical so, with a like, consciousness and like AI, like it gets it goes really, really deep. Right. But you put a great point is like putting safeguards. It's like, okay, well, however deep we're going to go with this, however much we're going to learn about the brain. The only thing that we know is everyone has one. It's flawed. Um, some people are getting kind of taken over by their own brain and there needs to be some kind of safeguards. Like think about with like iOS, iOS has been around for like, I don't know what, 10 years or something like that. 12 years, maybe a little bit longer, 15, maybe. Um, and it wasn't until like two years ago that they added screen time to it. So to let people know how much time they were spending on their phone. Before that, everyone was just spending time on their phone, going on social media and like, just, you know, kind of getting consumed by it. Then they had to step in and be like, Hey, like, yeah, people need to at least know how much time they're spending on each app. So they know that they're like wasting their life and people getting depressed. Right. So maybe we need more stuff like that with the mind. And I think what you're doing with your book is, is, is on that right path. And eventually I'm sure I can see you creating tools or helping companies create more tools. This mind Valley again is a great resource. Um, where else would you direct people to go to find some of these safeguards and learn about their brains? I think the first step is like, learn your own hardware and software first before you even start programming it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, so real quick, I just want to read off a quote that just came to mind the evolution of man is the evolution of his consciousness with objective consciousness it is possible to see and feel the unity of everything attempts to connect these phenomena into some sort of into some sort of system in a scientific or philosophical way lead to nothing because man cannot reconstruct the idea of the whole starting from separate facts And so I don't know 100% what that means. But to me, like, I don't think we're ever going to find out the answer um, because I think that's like part of the game. And like, that's what's kept this infinite game going. And who knows, like there may be different stages. There may be different fields, but we're always going to have problems. We're always going to have questions that we have no idea how to solve. And and that could be good and bad. And in terms of like resources, I mean, number one, I have to obviously shout out uh, my book literally the the second chapter of my book is the state of human existence and i literally go into like every cognitive bias literally like the brain like the research that i did like all the shortcuts that our brain tries to create um and the mechanisms that do so that's one another book that i am a big fan of is called um the end of mental illness by dr daniel amen that's a crazy book highly recommend it um, what's another resource? Visions book, Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Um, I honestly don't know, man. I feel like I read so, so many books at this point that like they all have like their own angle and they're all
1: useful. But
0: th- those you books need come like to a, mind. a book
1: database on your website to recommend people all the stuff that you. Dude, I need uh, a read. book
0: list. Yeah, and I've like put out articles or like here are my books, but I need like a like a current one that's like constantly being updated.
1: That's a great yeah. idea, man. I want to do yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Do you use Notion at all? for like notes or anything.
0: No, no, I just, I, I just heard about that.
1: Well, I mean, cool, I don't understand.
0: You, what is that? I mean, it didn't seem that much different from like
1: the notes app on your iPhone. Oh, It's so different, man. It's it's crazy. It's like, really, I mean, like myself and a lot of people, I would, I would encourage you to look up, um, Marie Poland. She was the one that was on the po- podcast and she's like a notion master, but I'll give you the lowdown. It's essentially like Please. it's an all in one space to just organize your whole life. Like basically that's it, life and business. You can create notes. Yes. But then you can also create like databases and those databases can have different views. You have like cards views. I'll send you mine, my like public notion and you can see my book list where you can toggle between like a list view and like a grid view. Um, it's just different ways to visualize your thoughts and notes and you can create like mm, templates for pages. So for it. me, I do my journaling in there. So I have like prompts I know I do every day. So instead of like copying and pasting it every day, I just hit new on the database, select my mm. daily journal and all of my prompts are there. It's pretty fucking cool. It's great, That's yeah, great man. for I'm project management and stuff. Yeah. Highly recommend it to like it's a great way to um just organize your thoughts and all these different things that we we do on a daily basis because like there's just so much out there, man. I'm sure you do a lot of reading, a lot of articles, podcasts. It's a great way to save all that stuff, right? It's just fucking crazy. So much shit. Yeah, dude
0: yeah for sure my only fear with that though is like I, I like i don't know i feel like there's all like these note companies and stuff that yeah. i feel like if there isn't like a huge incentive like i feel like what's gonna happen if they shut down like five years from now like what's gonna happen to my data you know whereas apple it's like they're gonna be here like probably forever you that's know that's I mean? a or good some point some yeah. sort of, but I, but whatever that's like i, I do I'll download it, my I'll whole download
1: database it. i download my database there every you go. month so you gotta there save you go. no matter what dude i'll check it
0: out man i'll let you know how it goes thank you
1: yeah yeah so dude, yeah, I would love to see that book list. And just before you get going, I do have one last, well, I have two, I have one big question at the end, but you know, now that we're kind of on the other side of COVID things are opening up. Uh, I think that social anxiety is going to be a big thing. And we were talking about this, like people were just socially isolating. They've been like trained to socially isolate and people are kind of scared. Obviously it's a different reason. Like you think someone's going to give you some kind of virus, right? But I think now people are going to be a little bit more socially anxious, you know, in big crowds and stuff. I know I am, when I go into like even a grocery store and it's packed, I get anxious and I was never like that before. So how do you think things are going to be, um, you know, kind of on the other side of this? I think like, you're going to have a lot more resources, a lot more to say about this than what you already even have in your current book. Like, do you have some extra thoughts that you want to add on to that?
0: Yeah. So there's, so there's like a whole branch of, um, like mental health, social disorders, social anxiety is just one of them. But for example, like being afraid in a, in a, in a a crowd or in public, and that's called agoraphobia, something like that. That's like a different thing, you know? And so I think that the general social, and I think just general mental health issues. Oh yeah, for sure. are going to get worse. And I think that the social ones were a hundred percent, Get worse, and I th- I honestly think that we we may see like an emergence of like a a new different mental health problem because of COVID. I have no idea what that'll look like. Um, but what I will say is like anybody who has social anxiety already, and they are and they're not on like the path that maybe someone like I am or they haven't at least started. Yeah, it's gonna be really difficult. Um, my worst fear though is the kids who have or may get social anxiety in their developmental years when they're nine, 10, 11. That's the most common.
1: But, dude, so, the kids that have grown up in quarantine over the last year, who are like maybe one, two, three year olds, right? Like they're oh man, that's horrible. Yeah,
0: I mean, dude, that's my niece. I mean, she's yeah. she's just
1: getting into the area.
0: I mean, and she she like socializes people like on the playgrounds. Um, but <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I have no idea what's gonna happen to them. But I, but I think that I again, I think just the kids who are more susceptible to social anxiety do too their, their trauma, their genetics, these different things, these kids are uh, not going to be in a good position, unfortunately. And, and I think the biggest thing of all is I think that we're going to fundamentally have the most unvalidated, addicted to society in the universe. And the reason why I say that is because like we spent the last year basically getting all of our needs from a, from, the, from a screen, like, like really, if you think about it and it's going to be hard enough for, for everybody to like, start to break out of that. And I I'm trying to do my best, but I still struggle with it. But I think for kids, especially who got like all their needs met, they have their friends online in a video game, all these different things, plus quarantine, plus like you're like, there is no, there's not a single parent in the world. Who's like, don't look at your phone, like they, ever since quarantine, like that's not going to be possible. Right. And so I think th- there is going to be like a potential, another emerging crisis that is going to, for example, like continue to fuel the bad parts of capitalism um, because, you know, more money gets spent on like addiction and like changing your state of brain than like education, for example. And so that's going to continue to happen. As people, I think, get richer but more unhappy because of this, it's going to lead them to like spending all of their money on basically trying to manage their addictions in their mind. Because, dude, we live in we live in a crazy. You could literally get anything you want. Like you could literally get anything you want to. Like you could literally anything, anything in the world. Literally anything in the world if you want money. Literally anything
1: except from for anywhere. Yeah,
0: the inner intrinsic workings of your mind and and you know like life and your emotions, and it's just like. That's a dangerous position, man. And I remember for me when I was not mentally healthy and I was sixteen years old, and all of a sudden I stepped into a lot of money, dude. It messed me up, man. <laughs> like it, it, definitely messed me up, man. Like, they, and they've done studies that show um, kids or teenagers who experience a shit ton of stimulus, uh, stimuli from fame or from money your pleasure centers in your brain are literally like destroyed because you've increased an unnatural amount that your brain can't even handle sustainably. And so that's like a whole other thing too, man. And I, I there's like so many different branches of this conversation that I can break into, man. Part two, man. Yeah. Hopefully in a, in a year or something, hopefully I can go to Toronto, see what the state of the world is Yeah. then, but hopefully it doesn't get worse. But yeah, man, I'm like, I could go on for hours about this, man. There's And everything connects and you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, for anyone listening, where can they kind of hear some of your thoughts and some of the, the other things that you're thinking about? Because you're still doing uh, weekly lives and or is it even daily now or you're doing a lot of live Sessions and clubhouses where can people follow you and start listening to some of these other ideas you got going? on? Yeah So
0: if you just like if you just add me on LinkedIn or if you go to my website dot com, or you go to my Instagram or you check out my book or you check out my podcast or I don't know when this is gonna be up But my TEDx talk is gonna be up in like a month like in late April. So check all that stuff out Just Google my name mark Metry, and reach out to me if any of this resonated
1: Dude, that's awesome. Well, I, I honestly know that, you know, you're going to help so many people who listen to this, like this is going to live out on the internet for who knows how long, right? That's the thing. Like, and hopefully maybe, you blow up, man. Uh, well, maybe if you share this, maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe you're, uh, you blow up, man, <laughs> you just, you blow me up, man. If you just post it or something, I don't know. You got a crazy following. So who knows? I'm still like day one of this journey. So I really appreciate you shooting the shit with me being super encouraging and just like. You know jamming with me here and being open to talk about these crazy ass ideas uh i hope we get to do this again man seriously like even if you're doing another clubhouse or something or i end up doing one of those um maybe in a couple months um we do another one of these podcasts like a part two but this was an absolute pleasure man and this is really cool i really 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 thank you for coming on the podcast
0: of course dude i appreciate you man thank you for having me and um you know, if you want a piece of unsolicited advice, the best thing I can Always. tell you is never lose that mindset of it being day one. That's like literally the most important thing, man. If you can keep that mindset, you're gonna
1: blow up and be successful,
0: man. So I look forward to chatting with you again, and and thank thank you to everyone for listening, watching. This was so much fun.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. That was amazing. And everyone, thanks so much for listening to us. Uh, check out Mark's book. I'll put all the links in the description. Connect with him on LinkedIn and follow his journey. As yes, this again, this is still your day one, man. He's just getting started again. And actually, before I do, we sign off. One last question, man. What are you excited about coming up? Mm, what What are you most excited about in like the, the next year? I am year the most. Up? Oh, next year, dude. I have no this idea. Year. This, year coming, this year, this year, coming this year, this this coming year. <laughs> so tomorrow, I'm getting vaccinated.
0: So I'm super excited about that. Um, and then on Thursday, I'm going to like. Basically, my first uh, like dinner with like more than one or two people in like a while with three of my other friends. So I'm very looking forward to. That. I haven't seen them in a long time.
1: That's awesome, man! Yeah, finally things are getting back to normal. We connect with friends in person, in reality, in the flesh. Oh shit, dude! In reality, <laughs> in reality, we're guys. We're all, we have to plug unplug from this virtual reality. No more phones or anything. Come on, let's go. I know this summer I'm going fucking off grid for at least a month i don't want any technology (laughs) but man that's super exciting and mark thanks again man this was such a great conversation i really appreciate you coming on mind meld and all the best to you and stay safe out there once you get vaccinated and man talk to you soon